This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Hey, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And we hope you're enjoying the shows on the Danger Entertainment Network now, including the Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast. Yeah, we're super thrilled to be a part of this awesome lineup, guys. Um, and what we do here on our show is it's look, we are just trying to make you guys laugh through all kinds of different avenues. Hear me out here. Yeah. Hear me out. Please. What we are is we're two geeky white dudes talking. And trying to be funny. Yeah, not trying to blow in your mind here with, uh, <laughs> with something brand, brand new, new, but, um. You never heard anything like this. We talk about Star Wars. <laughs> talk about, we talk about superheroes. Talk about Marvel movies, man. Look, we are, we're cutting some damn, we're, we're, we're breaking some damn boundaries over we here. We are. Breaking new ground. Yeah. But for real, what we do is we play invented games. Yeah, and we try to spin everything into a brand new fun game that we've made yeah. up. Um, we filter it all through that sensibility and... We're both improvisers, so a lot of what we talk about ends up in, in, in sort of a scene that we have a lot of fun with. Uh, we talk about our lives, pop culture and movies. We talk about a little bit of everything. So if that's what you like, check us out. Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast on the Danger Entertainment Network. They look like Vikings. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. What we call ourselves, sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced, even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid duo. We can't has... say dynamic because that belongs to somebody else. True. What were the depending on how you do your common core, we're the intrepid trio minus one. Okay, we'll call that. To the nth power. Wasn't nth power a comic as well from somebody? Nth man was a nth comic man. from uh, from Marvel, actually. I want to say it's Marvel UK, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I wonder if that's in, Mar in Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> <laughs> nth man, the ultimate ninja, was set during World War III, uh, where somebody with super superpowers had like rendered all nuclear weapons inert. So it was back to a conventional war. Okay. 
I'm not fine. Wait. It's Wait. it's spelled N T H. Just because I love being a smart butt and a freaking genius. You are a freaking genius and a smart butt. And I he's, that. he's not on here. See, not. Nope. Well, crap in a monkey fighting hat. Yep. But hey, after you're done with the fight, go check out the links on our right hand side of our homepage. Uh, our affiliates. Also, too, there's two pictures for Found Me and Heroes and Villains. They're partners of ours. Use the code Field Agents for 15% off your first purchase, which we were talking before air. I got up my calculator to do this um they're running i don't know if it's just if it was a one-day deal or not but they had the indoor collection um indoor commando collection on sale for 40 percent off making the backpack which is a great backpack these guys you know eric will tell you kyle will tell you ken and derek will tell you from wookie radio because i talk about it it's a great you've seen it in my galaxy edge preview picks when i went to cast previous it's a great looking bag it's a great bag to have um i actually love it for the parks um they had it on sale for 48 bucks. Well, I'll if, be done. If you use the code field agents on top of that, which is 15% off, how about $40.80 for that? Well, there bag? you go. It's a great deal. Anywhere where you can save you money. Uh, also, too, check out our web store. Uh, t-shirts, hats, fall and winter are coming. Sweatshirts. We got hoodies. Get your hoodies here. I'll believe it when it gets here. Uh, hockey jerseys, baseball jerseys. But you know, get yourself a baseball jersey, wear a nice turtleneck underneath. It'll be sharp. Under Armour, the Under Armour turtlenecks would look great. Or even the Under Armour colder heat gear underneath it. It's just like the baseball players. Don't like Under Armour? Nike, Adidas, Reebok, they all make something similar as well. So, and they'll all look great underneath those shirts. It would look great underneath a regular t-shirt of ours as well. So, okay. check those out. Um, By other, the way, yeah. Nth Man, the Ultimate Ninja, uh-huh. it was not Marvel UK. It was actually uh, something written by G.I. Joe author Larry Hama between 1989 and 90. So, it must have been under the Epic line, which would have been creator-owned. Uh, no, actually, it wasn't. It was a regular Marvel title. Ah, Okay. Yeah, it was meant. It was meant to last for twenty four issues, but was canceled after sixteen. Ooh, it's not good. I, it was not set in the Marvel universe, so that may well, have had something with it. If it wasn't set in the GI Joe universe either, that could have done done right. It, it was. It was. It was its complete own little pocket dimension. So, well, speaking of pocket dimensions. Um, the dimensions got all messed up again last week after we recorded. As it usually does. Yeah. So that would be you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I know. We're I'm, so used to going the other way. <laughs> I know it. It's uh, because, you know, for those of you who are listening and you notice that uh, Kylan's golden pipes are not here on the show. Well, oh. he is off on assignment. Do we get to say what it is or is, or is it still been classified? It's a, it's a shield hydra aim campery. What could possibly go wrong? I don't know. It just sound, to me, it sounds like a con job. Yeah, there you go. Um, but anyway, yes, the big news that broke, as it usually does, the day after we record a show, uh, it is the announcement that. Um, how did Colin put it when he texted us with the mom and dad are no longer fighting and they have yeah. decided to nice? Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty much exactly what he said. I, and of course, I said, "Are you talking about what I hope you're talking about?" And he goes, "Yes, exactly." But uh, that is Sony and Disney slash Marvel have uh, come to an agreement for one more Tom Holland Spider-Man movie set in the MCU. And there was much rejoicing. Yay. Yeah. Keyword there. One. Okay. Second keyword. More. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Something tells me this is going to. I think it's going to do well enough that they'll go, you know what? Let's let's keep this going. Well, I'm hoping I'm hoping. And when we were talking about the deal falling through to begin with, I mean, we were all pretty much in agreement that this is not in anybody's best interest. Definitely not in Sony's best interest. No. Plus, too, it, it got exaggerated on how much Disney was. At. Oh, they want 50. They want a 50 50 split. No, Disney came out and said, we're only looking for at most 30%, which is fair considering they're putting up majority of the money for production. Yeah. And we knew that there was more to it than what was being said publicly. Yep. And we said, you know, hopefully cooler heads will prevail. Hopefully they'll realize it at some point, and then they will come back to the table. Well, according to this article from InsideTheMagic.net, that cooler head belonged to, of all people, actor Tom Holland. Wow. Wow. Inside the Magic says, uh, we have learned that Tom Holland is credited with helping to find a resolution between the two. The 23-year-old actor reportedly, quote-unquote, leaned on Tom Rothman, Sony's chairman, asking him to try to start up talks with Disney again. Now, he encouraged Rothman to use Holland's upcoming role in the Sony film Uncharted as leverage. I did not know that movie was in the works, but I love the idea. I, I love the Uncharted games, yeah. and cannot wait to see this one. Uh, do we know what he's going to be? Well, never mind. I I, I'm sure know. I could IMD build it later, but uh, he said uh, this article goes on to say at the same time, Holland reached out to chairman and CEO of the Walt Disney Company, Bob Iger, and asked him to consider meeting Sony halfway. You know what? I, I'm sure Tom, Tom Holland has his own set of of uh, personal challenges, but how cool would it be to have both Rothman and Iger on your speed dial? Be cool to me. I yeah. wish I wish I did. Yeah. Um, Holland says he was struck by the standing ovation he received when he arrived at the D23 Expo in Anaheim uh, back month before last in August only days before the Disney-Sony split. Uh, After the expo, Holland reached out to both Iger and Rothman several times and and ended up creating a safe place for new negotiations to take place. Uh, Because of the deal, the studios have given a green light on a new Spider-Man film, the third in the series. It is scheduled to make its theatrical debut on July 16th, 2021. So, you know, Holland is goofy. Yeah, he, he is. He's young. He will uh, he'll do stupid stuff like you and I did before the rise of social media. So uh, 
you know, there's there's not as much evidence of our young and stupid days. Thank, but yeah, thank goodness. As three PO say, thank the maker. Yeah, but I mean, this this is where Tom Holland, for, for those of us who care about, you know, the MCU, and if you don't, if you're not one of those people, why are you listening? Go, go watch reruns of America's Got Talent or something. Big Brother. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, Friends is playing on Hulu or, or Netflix or something like that. Anyway, but no, I mean, this is where, you know, Spider-Man kind of saves the day in kind of a quirky, offbeat, semi-goofy fashion. And it's it's this to me, it just cements Tom Holland as best Spider-Man ever. Yes. I mean, I am not knocking Tobey Maguire. I am not knocking Andrew Garfield. But Tom Holland is... Let's put it this way. Andrew Garfield could not wrangle himself a third movie, could he? Nope. Whether he could or couldn't or wouldn't, he just didn't. I don't think Sony could have done it for him. Yeah. And to me, I say that when you... When you have uh, our Spider-Man film as chick flicks, so why why should Garfield? You know, when Spider-Man's turned into a chick flick twice, why give it a third film? Well, I mean, I liked Garfield as Spider-Man. I did too. You can isolate I, if you I could did isolate. Not like his, I did not like his storylines. Well, I, and that is probably the big reason why Sony felt the pressure. Yeah, because. Their last two attempts at a Spider-Man movie just really didn't work. Very true. Tobey Maguire's third movie. It just – the second movie was by far the best in that trilogy. Yes. Now, if they, go ahead. if they had left the villain as just Sandman and maybe teased the symbiote at the end, that would have made a much better movie. Yeah, I think if it had been one or the other. Yes, with neither with young goblin not showing up at all i i didn't mind young gob uh, the i didn't mind goblin hobgoblin being there as oh i'm redeeming myself i'm no longer villain i'm kind of anti-hero so to speak to help spider-man take on sandman and if they played out that whole plot of well he's now at the end redeeming himself I with the whole redemption that. I think that still would have been a strong movie. The Sandman storyline was a great plot. It's when they took away from it with the whole Eddie Brock turning Venom after getting the black suit. I mean, it would have been a great time to introduce the black suit. I was okay with that. But I think the whole having that as part of the struggle as well of, oh, it's taking over, making it harder for me to beat Sandman, enlisting Hobgoblin's help, and then the movie ending with Brock discovering the symbiote and slowly and then transforming into venom. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I just, I I think either any one of those three villain threads would have been good. Yeah. If you just, if you just boil down the story to between Spider-Man and one villain, whether that villain is venom, whether that villain is Sandman, whether that villain is young goblin, right? Just stick to one. You don't have to wrap them all up in three because it just gets too busy. Agreed. But yet and still, that's what happened. And here's hoping that the Tom Holland third movie comes out to be a whole lot better. True. 
And it just is, as I was saying that, it just hit me. This is not Tom Holland's third movie. This will be like his sixth. Right. But it would be his third solo. Third solo. Yeah, yeah. Which only McGuire maintains that. Right. But still, I mean, you don't think about it until you start actually looking at the movies, but we have had a lot of Spider-Man in the MCU. Yeah. Well, here, here's my other wish. There, you know, Holland has talked about wanting a um, Spider-Verse film, a live action, especially with the success of um, the animated one, the animated. I agree. I would love to see it. But here's my my deal with it. Sony needs to let Marvel do it and try not to tackle it on their own. I would agree with that. The animated was perfect. But if you want to try and tie it in and make it a part of the MCU. Mm hmm. It's got to be the other. And you, you've seen Far From Home, yes? Mm, seen bits of it. Then can I? I know. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. J. J, J Jonah Jameson, played by uh, J.K. Simmons, is in the film. It's about freaking time. And he's sort of like a uh, Mark Dice or uh, oh, what's the other guy? YouTuber. I don't know. Uh, I only know because I got people at work who watch that crap. Um. Anyhow, internet political news type guy. I don't know. He he's one of he portrays JJ JJ Jameson is one of those type guys. He's not in the in charge of the Daily Bugle. I think his yeah. column is called the Daily Bugle. Okay. Or his show is called the Daily Bugle. <laughs> well, there you have it. So, um, I I found that quite interesting and quite cool. Like, oh, so they have figured out a way of bringing him in. Yes, and all I got to say is thank you, MCU, for doing that. And I I really want to see him – I really want to see him as the Tobey Maguire, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. I mean, don't don't try to twist that character around. Right. Don't try to make him hip. Don't try to make him relevant. Don't try to put the MCU stamp on it. I want the old Jameson. Just let him be him. I want the Jameson that sat at his son's wedding when Mary Jane runs out of the church, yeah. he tells his wife to call the caterer, see if they can cancel some of the some of the hors d'oeuvres. Yes. That's the one I want. The one who, when Toby Maguire says, do you trust anyone? He looks him square at the eye with straight face, says, I trust my barber. <laughs> Don't give me any other Jameson. No. Kevin Feige, if you're listening to this, and I know you should be. Don't screw this up. True. If anything, go out of your way to prove that this that the third film one beats the whole um, myth of how do you ruin a superhero franchise? Third film, Captain America was able to beat it. Thor was able to beat it. Yeah, you could do oh, it. With, you could do the it. With Spidey. Movie, the third Thor movie was the best one of the bunch. Yeah. I mean, now, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the Shakespearean aspects of the first one. I enjoyed the the fish out of water comedy bits. Yeah, I loved Hawkeye's cameo. Very much so. But Thor Ragnarok was just awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But well, we have chased that rabbit hole, didn't we? There's we, there's we something did. else. Yeah, we need some damage control. Oh, speaking of damage before we control, go any further, um, apparently Marvel fans have have something great happening. Um, and I misread this because apparently this is a game or an experience. You're going to be able to see coming from Marvel 
an ILM X Lab Avengers Damage Control. It's a virtual reality experience where fans will be able to fight alongside their favorite superheroes like Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, uh, some others, using technology created by Shuri. Um, okay, so when you say ILM X-Lab, uh-huh. is that like industrial light and magic? Yes. Hmm. Um, damage control, Can you can start experiencing it October 18th in select locations at the Void. Um, so I don't know if this is coming to Disney Springs or not. Let me look up the void while we're talking. Um, now, to continue on, uh, here's the information about the story. Shuri has recu- recruited your team to test powerful new prototype design, a new prototype design combining Wakandian and Stark technologies. When an enemy from the past seeks to steal the technology, you'll fight alongside some of your favorite Avengers like Doctor Strange, Wasp, Ant-Man, and more to stop the attack before they unleash an impressive new age upon the world. The villains who's behind the conflict of experience has not been named, but some more details of the story reveal they a familiar enemy from the Avengers past. Hydra, maybe? I was, or Claw. Zemo? Zemo's got reason. Zemo's got reason. Yeah. Now, of course, I'm looking at this through the lens of the MCU. Well, if we get Zemo, could he be coming back as Modoc? Only if AIM is involved. Could be. Um... So, according to the Void, they are going to be bringing damage control to uh, Anaheim, Santa Monica, Atlanta, Minneapolis, Las Vegas, Plano, and New York. So and this isn't going to be something you can get on, like, PlayStation or Xbox? No. no. That's a shame. And I understand why it's not at Disney Springs now. Because it's a theme park. Even though we could get away with having Marvel Superhero Headquarters store, this is an attraction, not a merchandise location. <laughs> Thus, it would violate um, the contract with Universal. Got it. Man, not even hearing about it, that makes sense. So there you go. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, October 18th. October 18th. And something else about this? Well, they're they're also developing a Iron Man VR for release later this year Mm. to go along with the uh, Vader Immortal series. Well, while this is is definitely cool in and of itself, something that has really gotten the community buzzing is uh, is that. Who could be what a character appearance? Has this been a confirmed appearance of a new character taking on a new mantle? Yeah. Uh, Because the virtual reality experience, like you said, is combining Wakandan tech and Stark tech. So some of the screenshots show a, a basically what the Black Panther outfit would be if Tony Stark had designed it. And so you see what is who is presumably T'Challa wearing a blue suit. Actually, this looks more like Tron. Uh, it's like a black and blue suit. But right next to him is a female suit, which is presumably Shuri. And people are asking because Shuri is wearing a Stark-inspired tech suit. Is she going to become the the Ironheart character in the MCU? 
Now, for those of you who don't know who Ironheart is, uh, in the comics, she is Riri Williams. She is a uh, she's very smart. As a matter of fact, she reverse engineered a lot of Stark tech or duplicated it on her own. And basically, she created a suit of Iron Man style armor. And during a period of time in the comics, when Tony Stark could not continue on as Iron Man, uh, many were trying to be the next Iron Man. But Riri is the one that actually that actually succeeded. Right. But and okay. why couldn't they why couldn't Shuri's nickname be Riri in the MCU? Um, I know the last name's different, but well, I would I would say let's keep it Shuri. Let's if you want to make a character of if you want to make Riri Williams a character in the MCU, go ahead. But if 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 you're going to have Shuri be the next Ironheart or the next Iron Man, at you know, if she if she wants to be if she is going to be the new you know successor to the Iron Man legacy, let's let's not try to erase the character of Riri. Right. I mean, if if it's going to be Shuri wearing the armor, then let's let Shuri wear the armor. But let's not try to make Shuri Riri. Okay. That's I, just that's just my thought. It was just a thought. Yeah. I mean, I go where you I, I see where you're going, but Shuri is a great character in and of herself, and Riri is a great character in and of herself. Right. So, I mean, and this is this has not even been confirmed, so we could just be barking down a rabbit hole there. But, um, yeah, Shuri, of course, being the princess of Wakanda, uh, <laughs> T'Challa's little sister, leader of the Wakandan design group. And so there's a lot of speculation that because of this game, she will go on and create the Ironheart suit. Um. Or maybe she'll design it, and there'll be a Riri Williams character that flies it. Yeah. But it's just the teaser trailer looks good. Uh, I'm not as big into VR games as I was when I was a teenager, but this really looks really good. And I could so totally see Shuri becoming an Ironheart. I, I could see the same thing. Yeah. I We've not heard anything. But uh, something tells me that uh, when Damage Control releases on October 18th, then uh, we may we may get to see a little bit more about it and we may hear a little bit more about it. This could very easily be a way of Marvel testing the waters to see if a uh, an armor clad Shuri would go over well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talking about going over. um. Marvel has introduced a new new game, which is a new mobile game called Realm of Champions. Instead of Contest of Champions, we now have Realm of Champions. Correct. Uh, they to accompany the announcement, they also revealed the debut trailer, which introduces the game's premise as well as some characters you expect to see out of the experience, such as Iron Man and Black Panther. Unfortunately, details on the title are currently a bit scarce. Uh, we know it's coming in 2020 and will be free to play. Which means it will be loaded with microtransactions. Which I wish games would stop doing that. They they are not going to stop doing that unless the legislation come, goes through Congress. Yeah. And it's actually got bipartisan support on this, which is not something you're going to see every day uh, currently. Yeah. But just, you know, to severely curtail loot boxes and other forms of predatory microtransactions. Yep. But um, 
Now, uh, Kabam has been tapped by Marvel Entertainment to develop the game. Uh, and they're the ones who previously made Contest of Champions and Transformers Forge to Fight. Uh, so in other words, this is not the first time they have teamed up with Marvel to make a, a mobile game. Yeah. Well, if you know, you enjoyed Marvel Contest of Champions, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. But it was well, one of those the microtransactions and everything else just it, made it. And yeah. some of the some of the uh, quests completion was just a, a pain in the butt. I mean, it was well, fun yeah. gameplay because because yeah. once you once you got into the actual fighting, it was almost like a Street Fighter type element. Yeah, but it's everything outside of the actual fighting that made it difficult. I got you. I got you. And you know something I completely forgot until just now? This weekend is New York Comic Con. Oh, is that this weekend? That is this weekend. That's when they announced this. Oh, yeah. Today's first day. they announced it, rather. Wow. So so note to self, next week's show, excuse me, next week's issue, because we have issues, should be a, a good wrap-up and a recap of our impressions from uh, what they announced during at Marvel during this Comic Con. Well, apparently Hasbro has unveiled a Stan Lee action figure. You're kidding me. It was unveiled at New York Comic Con today. Please tell me more about this action figure. Uh, it's a video, so I don't have much more because I can't play the video. It looks great, though. It looks like it's a Legend series. Holy snap. I am already seeing it. Oh, no, no, no. That's not. I'm seeing a ton of them. There's one where he is in a blue suit and he's got the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, Oh, there's the San Diego Comic Con exclusive. Oh, never mind. That's the two. That's one going from uh, 230 bucks. Right. It is, uh, let's it is part of the Marvel Legends. And hey, I'm looking at the I'm, I'm watching the video in silent. Uh-huh. Our good friend Josh is on this panel. Really? Or is on the video talking about it. Josh Josh Chalet? Yeah. Yeah, you go Josh. Oh, the Doom and the Thing Marvel Legends look amazing. Oh, this, oh, I okay, I've, I'm looking this up now. She-Hulk looks good too. Yeah. She-Hulk was yeah, some attitude. And of course, we have just ground the show to a, to a complete halt because we're looking at some cool stuff. And yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. The Stanley Stan is a Mar- is a legend. Oh snap! They've got him with the the FedEx package and the clipboard. Yeah. No, no, no. My bad. That's not. God, well, that would be so hilarious. Which one no. of you guys is Tony Stank? Now this is like his the older uh, jean jacket or his yeah. his. It looks like a leather jacket. Or Brooks Brothers jacket. Oh, my goodness. It's a members-only jacket from the 80s. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I also like like the Warpath. Yeah, Warpath looks great. I'll tell you, outside of Stan, I can't see the ones they've got on the the table. Mm -hmm. I really love that thing. Thing is good. Um, Let's see. I think there's a new-suited Deadpool. I think that's one of the best-looking things they've done. There's a sunspot. Sunspot looks pretty cool. And, of course, they got the full Fantastic Four. Yeah. You know, you're right. I do like the Doctor Doom because he's got, like, the the different heads, the different hands. Yep. 
looks like they actually did the armor right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hey, Kevin Feige, if you redo the Fantastic Four like we think you're going to, look at this figure. Look at this action figure of Doctor Doom. This is how you do Doc Doom right. Yeah. Very much so. So, yeah, I think that is that is awesome. That oh, is yeah. awesome. I love Stan Lee. Stan Lee looks great. Yeah. Really does. does. All right. And, so and as, I, oh. and as I'm sitting here trying to find other things, I catch another headline. Uh, get your first look at Marvel's Hero Project on Disney Plus. Huh. Which I think is a great idea as well because it's real kids making a real difference. That's very cool. See, this is a great time to be a Marvel fan as well. It is. And another reason, and this is something that uh, came out just a few days ago, and I don't know if you've heard of the tabletop strategy game called Warhammer 40,000. Now, Mike, I know you have and Kyle oh, has. Because I, I used to get the White Dwarf magazines. Yes. And I had to White go magazine. I had to go back and find the old ones. No, wait, that's, that's Dragon Magazine with D&D. Never mind. Yeah. But no, I used to get White Dwarf because I loved the miniatures that they had. Oh, in yeah. And Warhammer 40,000's company is produced by a company called Games Workshop. Uh, they are known for the Warhammer universe. Uh, there's yeah. a fantasy battles game called uh, – the current version is now called uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar. And – or is it – I'm not sure because I really – I rarely pay attention to the uh, the fantasy side of it. Uh, they also have a football game, a fantasy football game. No, this has nothing to do with ESPN or Yahoo Sports or anything like that. The game is called Blood Bowl. That is that yep. is my fake game out of all of them. And basically, to give you an idea of what Blood Bowl is, imagine the NFL set in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So you would have teams. You would have teams of elves versus teams of dwarves. You would have teams of halflings with with a tree beard. The worst. The worst time I ever got beat in this game. Now, this is a turn based strategy game. But my team kicks off to a team of halflings. Halfling one catches the ball, runs up, hands it off to another halfling. At which point the tree beard reaches down, picks up the halfling that now has the ball, and throws him over my team. Lands just shy of the goal line, and he just strolls in for a touchdown. Yeah. But the most the most popular game that James Workshop puts out is a Warhammer 40,000. It is a tabletop oh. strategy game set in the far future. Love the 40K. The 41st millennium. Uh, the the empire of humanity has spread out among the stars, covering like whole galaxies and, and stuff. Uh, there are, you know, aliens like almost like from the movie Aliens. They're called Tyranids. Yep. You have orcs, space orcs. You have space elves, which are called Eldar. Uh, you have forces of chaos, which are definitely bad guys. And then you have the protectors of humanity, these noble superhuman space marines. The ultramarines. And the ultramarines, is, or they are called smurfs, as a matter of fact, uh, amongst those who are not fans of the ultramarines. Uh, because of their armor is always blue. 
my son is a big fan of the Space Wolves, which are basically yeah. uh, armored space Viking werewolves. Yeah, try that. He, he's hollering something from the other room, but I can't understand it. Uh, but you may be asking why I am bringing all this up. Well, that is because back on September 30th, uh, they there was an announcement that Games Workshop and Marvel Comics was teaming up. And this is uh, going from Games Workshop's website. Said, yeah, you read that right. Games Workshop and Marvel are collaborating to create Warhammer Comics. Even better, the first ones are due to land in fall of 2020. Uh, it goes on to say, as everyone knows, with the little asterisks, and the asterisk says, unless they've spent the last 75 years frozen in ice, Marvel Comics are the name behind many of the world's best-loved superhero characters. With more than 80 years of comics experience, Marvel has built an amazing reputation for bringing together the best comic book writers and artists to forge stories that span generations. It's not for nothing that Marvel has cemented itself as a household name. We haven't got any more details we can share right now. We like to imagine that even as we write, super cool clandestine meetings are being conducted in a hidden lair somewhere. But rest assured, as soon as there's more information, we'll be bringing it to you right here. So uh, basically they ask for readers to go to the Warhammer 40,000 and Warhammer Age of Sigmar Facebook pages and share which subjects, heroes, or places from Warhammer you'd like to see brought to life in the pages of a Marvel comic. There are a lot of epic storylines. You have uh, the great orc Gosgul Thraka who basically leads his war – the orcs call it a wah – Across the stars and uh, are only stopped on this one planet where you have, you know, the uh, the intractable Commissar Yark that that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of dark imagery. So this it's going to be interesting to see if they tone this tone down the grimdark a little bit. I hope not, because, well, the grimdark is what a lot of people like about it. But. This, if you're a fan, like I fanboyed all over this that whole day. Yeah, I did yeah. The, the text that I sent Mike and Kylan was like, guys, 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 guys. I call dibs. I call dibs. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Games Workshop is very huge. Based out of Britain, so it's very popular over there. It is popular among the gaming community here, and. I would. I can't wait to see these. And there are other, there are other gaming companies that I would love to see partner up with Marvel, like uh, like a Dungeons and Dragons comic would be cool. Yeah. Uh, a, uh, a, a, a Dungeons and Dragons comic does exist. Uh, I think it's over on IDW. I'm looking for like Marvel one. Ah, kind of like you remember when they did the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Yes, that was a Marvel. It was a Marvel product at the time, I think. Marvel Animation, I think it was. Yeah. It definitely felt like it. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Another one would be uh, Riffs by Palladium Books. I would love to see a Riffs book because that is literally everything thrown into the kitchen sink. I mean, you could have wizards blasting flying suits of high-tech power armor or – 
dragons and druids fighting it out in the forest or, you know, just that sort of thing with a healthy dose of post-apocalyptia. But, yeah, that is something – if you're not into gaming, this probably does not feel like a big thing. It's like, why are you spending so much time talking about this? And I get that. I totally get that. If that's not your thing, you probably wouldn't be the least bit interested. But if you are a gamer, and I'm talking about tabletop gaming, I'm not talking about video gaming. Right. Although they do have some good video games. Blood Bowl is a fun computer game. That's what I've yeah, been playing it. I need, a, I need to find a copy of that. Uh, you got a PlayStation. No, you don't have a PlayStation. No. You have only a PC. Yep. Uh, it's available on Steam. Okay. Blood Bowl is available on Steam. Uh, Blood Bowl Chaos Edition is the first one, and then there's Blood Bowl 2. Don't recommend that as highly. Right. The first Blood Bowl is pretty good. Although, I mean, they're both fun. If you find a good deal on 2, go with it. So, there you go. That's uh, that's an announcement that, like I said, the gaming community... I, I've Now, I have seen a lot of people uh, at the Warhammer forums... You know, start ripping this because, oh, well, Marvel's owned by Disney. Disney's taking over 40K. And it's like, no, they are not. Marvel is printing 40K comics. Yeah, but it's only a matter of time for the No, no, no. Just cool your jets. Praise be the Emperor Protects. Okay? Emperor Protects. Yep. Just going to leave it at that. Yep. Well,. I'm going to add a story in since we have – actually, no. I got the normal story because we somehow missed one. We missed one? Or I put did it in the wrong – or I put it in the wrong order. You did not look behind the fridge, did you? I I have it set up different on my computer then. Well, okay. See, I want to blame Thursday because, you know, she is a schwaffle. And that's, I'm not a schwaffle. Oh, She's listening tonight. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't think Alexa's the only one listening into all your conversations? Uh, true. Unfortunately, we cannot ignore the inevitable. Uh, uh. You've made her mad. I hope not. Preparing to we power down and begin diagnostics. Uh, we still got show to do. You, you, you could... Just kidding. <sighs> okay. Um, I'm just going to leave it. You there. know, I, I I take the blame for her sense of humor, <laughs> but just think it could be worse. You've heard my endless string of dad jokes. Oh yeah, you've heard mine too. Yes, just like. But we haven't heard any from Thirsty, so it could always be always be very. So very, please, let's continue before she changes her mind. Um, Marvel announces a Captain Marvel spinoff. This is a comic. Um, there is a new hero. Calling this, calling the city home, and uh, we've learned that there's much to her origins and her connections to Carol. Thanks to Minerva's meddling in the aftermath of Nuclear Man's attack, Star became a powerful force to be reckoned with, and now the character is getting her own limited series for the fans to enjoy. My thought behind this is, if it takes off after this limited series, we can have a new series going and possibly help introduce her into uh, the next Captain Marvel movie. Maybe. 
the excitement surrounding Star has been really fun to watch since Kelly Thompson. And there's still a big surprise coming in Captain Marvel number 11 later this month. And it's kind of surprise that sort of demands a miniseries like this to explore the mystery surrounding her and her importance and potential in the larger Marvel Universe. Uh, the character became popular rather quickly, and it was before we knew who she was. Now Marvel is excited to explore the character with her own series, even if it is a mini. Um, and while Canero will not be doing the interior, she will be doing the... Um, the covers. So that's where we're at with that. Well, okie dokie. So, uh, and I'm going to throw this in here real quick. Okay, throw it. The She-Hulk show? Uh-huh. Um, kind of, we kept asking, how is this possible? What about the rights issue between Marvel and Universal Studios? Um. But now with She-Hulk TV, you know, having the TV series brings up a new question. What's the status of the character's rights, of the Hulk, Hulk's character's rights? Because Banner hasn't been featured in a lead role in a movie since Edward Norton, which was produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Universal Studios, which kind of maybe set the precedent for Sony going, hey, look what we did with Hulk. Universal tried the first one by themselves. It was horrible. We came in, worked with them for the second one, MCU Gold. Um, so now with the Fox Disney deal, my it looked like Marvel Studios finally had all of his characters, except they're still missing the Hulk in Namor. The rights to those are still tangled up with Universal. Universal owns distribution rights, which means they have first right of refusal to any Hulk film. So maybe films have been pitched, and Universal said, yeah. No. However, there's a stipulation to the rights. Marvel's allowed to use Hulk in its movies as long as it's team-ups. For this reason, this is why we've had Hulk in all four Avengers movies and Thor Ragnarok. Um, only downside is, is Ruffalo doesn't get to star in his own. So Neither does Jeremy Renner. True, well, true. <laughs> well, you've got the, the Hawkeye series coming up. True. Um... So, with the She-Hulk TV series, this could mean that the Hulk deal does not affect TV shows. And if that's, or simply, She-Hulk was never part of the deal, which suggests that Universal owns less of what was originally thought. You know, She-Hulk, she's kind of like got a cult following. Yep. But I don't think she was that popular at the time that Marvel was selling off stuff. No. So I could totally see that this was not part of the deal. True. But does this mean we could potentially see uh, Ruffalo in the TV series? I don't see why not. I don't see why not either. I mean, it's because Professor Hulk was such – was pretty much a uh, a voiceover character with motion capture – Right. The question is, how much more do you need Ruffalo in this series aside from voice acting? True. Or I mean, or for, if you, I think ahead. the only time we need to see him is maybe the first episode for the origin aspect of it's my cousin. Here's here's my blood. Oh crap! I forgot. I don't think it's a case of oh crap! I forgot. However, as Professor Hulk, he would be perfect. 
for the oh crap, my cousin is dying, only a blood transfusion will save her. Yes, I you know I'm there the is no other option. I'm the closest you know, I'm the living. That, yes, I'm the only one that can save her. Yeah. I, I could do it. So, um, so yeah, brings up interesting points. We'll, ha- we'll have to see how this continues to play out. So, here are the picks of the week. And uh, since we're without Kylan this week, um, we're going with four picks each. That way, still give you quite a bit to to, uh, to choose from. There were quite a bit of books this week too. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, my first pick. I love director's cuts, and I have gone with Mortal Hulk director's cut number five, number five of six, which I have missed the other ones, but it's featuring um, every in every mirror, eye-popping pencils, and extraordinary extras. And I love how they tend to also run a page, and then on the opposite page is the actual script. Um, I think I have a director's cut for Star Wars, if I remember right. Uh, anyway... The horror has a name, and now it's unleashed in a full graphic detail. The monster inside Bruce Banner is fully unleashed in a brutal, bloody battle with the monster who has made him. And Sasquatch of Alpha Flight finds himself caught in the caught up in the madness. Blood will flow. The truth will come out. There can only be one winner, and it won't be the Immortal Hulk. The critically acclaimed reinvention of one of Marvel's biggest icons is represented in director's cut form, complete with Joe Bennett's savage pencils and incredible behind-the-scenes bonus features. It's a reprinting of Hulk Immortal number five. So this would be a cool one, too, to get like those pencil pages, scan them Mm -hmm. in, and color them yourself. Yeah, Yeah. or try to ink them. It's been a while since I tried that, too. Okay, my first pick of the week is Doctor Doom number one by Christopher Cantwell, Salvador La Roca, and Aiko. The Crack of Doom from Christopher Cantwell comes with a new monthly ongoing series. Victor Von Doom, scientist, sorcerer, disfigured face, twisted soul, has been spending much of his time warning against a trillion-dollar global effort to create the first artificial black hole wrestling with visions of an entirely different life a better future dr doom finds himself at a crossroads what is he questioning a catastrophic act of terrorism kills thousands and the prime suspect is doom victor will have to push his unexplained thoughts aside and focus on remaining alive as the title of most wanted man is thrust upon him Left with no homeland, no armies, no allies. Indeed, nothing at all. Will the reign of Dr. Doom come to an abrupt halt? I'm guessing probably not, but, you know, just have to read and find out. Doom! Well, my second pick of the week. All of these should be no surprise. When Pool Strikes Back, number three. It's three of five. When you're setting out to piss off the most powerful heroes around you might want to consider if you want to cross one who's immortal it's okay this issue Gwynpool defeats the hulk solicit text would not lie interesting well okie dokie my next pick of the week is another number one it is true believers x-men betsy braddock yeah you remember psylocke the uh the 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 hot ninja lady with the psychic knife yeah well this is this is the first appearance of Betsy Braddock as she was before she became that uh what i call her that the the hot ninja lady 
Yeah. Um, she's actually Captain Britain's sister. And this is a reprint of not one, not two, but three issues of the old Captain Britain Volume 1 from 1976. Eight Issues 8, 9, and 10. Okay. Well, my third pick of the week is Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 49. It's the penultimate issue of Squirrel Girl. It's also the ultimate issue of Squirrel Girl, at least until the next and last one comes out. Wait. I'm getting word that this is the penultimate, which means that what penultimate means. Okay, never mind. In this issue, Squirrel Girl faces off against her arch nemesis with some of her friends and dressed and dressed only in his underwear. Tony Stark at her side. Can she win? See, normally you say yes, of course she can, but it's right there in the title. This is our second last issue. Anything can happen, including shocking twists. Please enjoy several shocking twists in this issue, including the already established as shocking return of a beloved character. What are you going to do when this title comes to an end? cry. I was thinking that. Okay. Well, my third pick of the week is a number three. It is Age of Conan Valeria number three of five. Assault on Mitra. Valeria tries to recover from her wounds, but cannot rest while her brother's killer remains free. But when the priests of Mitra are attacked, will she be strong enough to defend herself and her comrades? And who is the mysterious man who seems to know about her past? Plus, the next chapter of an all-new novella featuring one of Conan's greatest nemeses, the wizard Thoth Amon. Okay, well, my final pick of the week is Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Allegiance, number one. Before the exciting events of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, pounded by the First Order across the galaxy, the Resistance is in dire need of ships, weapons, and recruits to make a final stand against Kylo Ren's forces. Desperation drives a delegation led by General Leia Organa and Rey to entreat the rebel veterans' one-time allies, the Mon Calamari. Mm. Can we get that with a little sauce on top, dipping sauce? Uh, You know, I, I tried to stave off Mon Calamari. It's a trap. Yeah, that's why. Um, but decades after the Imperial occupation slaved their planet, there are those willing to stop at nothing to prevent another war from blooding the waters of Mon Cala. A system away, Poe Dameron and Finn have their own mission to hunt down a weapons cache on the remote moon of Avidote, unaware that they're being hunted by the notorious criminal by the most notorious criminal gang in the galaxy. Okay, well, my final pick of the week is another Star Wars. You didn't get the whole Star Wars set up. Nope. Uh, This is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple number three of five by Matthew Rosenberg, Paolo Vanellelli, Marco Cicchetto, and Will Sliney. The battle for Antotho is heating up, and Jedi Padawan Sarah Junda finds herself right in the middle of it fighting alongside the Phylar Freedom Fighters. But as Sarah moves to help end the local war, she will come face-to-face with the last person she expects. What secrets lie in the hidden temple of Antotho? The race is on to find out. Cool. Well, I've got the MU pick this week. And speaking of damage control, how about from the 1991 volume? That would be volume three. Damage control number one. Its writer was Drain McDuffie. 
Uh, featuring the new warriors, Spider-Man and Hulk, Damage Control is under PR fire when accused of staging disasters for the sake of business. So, uh, in this group of new warriors, we have Firestar, Nova, Night Thrasher, and Namorita. So, uh, the villain in this book is Thunderball. So, yeah, that's what we got. Damage Control, Volume 3, Number 1, from 1991. And this was published in June of 1991. So, uh, any final thoughts? So, um, Damage Control, Volume 3, Number 1. That's the MU pick for this week. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I really don't have anything. I'm still I'm still pumped about the Games Workshop partnership, but that's because I'm a gamer geek. Uh, I got one. I got one thing. Um, I want to say uh, thank you to all the fans who voted for us for the podcast awards. We yes, we did not win, but we put up a heck of a showing. You know, it's incredible just to be named as a finalist. Yeah, and for three years in a row, a finalist. Yeah, our time, our time's coming. It's coming. It'll happen. It'll happen sooner or later. But you know yeah. what? It it doesn't matter if we win it or not. Well, okay, I can't go that far. It would be cool to win it. Yes. But we really appreciate all the support that you, the listeners, both on Sorcerer Radio and through the the podcast on iTunes and and through the uh, the website and through all of our other ways that you can listen to us. Just and, and our network. You. And our network partners as well. Danger Entertainment, of course, my own network, We Be Geeks, uh, Danger Bound Network uh, are the main three that we're a part of. Uh, so thanks to everyone there as well. And, and congrats yeah. congrats to the winners. Uh, we're drunk and know things. Um, and definitely congrats to the rest of our competition in the entertainment com- uh, category uh, for, for, you know, being great talent and really, really hanging in there and, and putting out great content. Uh, it really made the competition yeah. fun. See, that's that's the thing. We are just pleased as punch to be included in the same rarefied air as the rest of y'all. Because, let's be honest, there are a ton of podcasts out there. Some are better than others. But there are still a lot of great ones out there. Yeah. And to even be as a finalist amongst some of these people, it's just it, – I'm just kind of like, yep, this is awesome. It's, it's kind of like when Tony Stark you know, gives you know, Peter the, the shoulder thing. It's like, okay, you're now an Avenger now. It's just the look on his face as Tony walks off. Yeah. Yeah, that's us. Yep, yep. So, that's us. Any other final thoughts? Mm. I want to go play some Blood Bowl now. Okay. Okay. Well, on that note, um, Thursday, if you would. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. Whether we win or not, we still have some really cool theme music. And we still got Thursday. I call that a win. Yeah. She's unique. She is. And we like her that way.
I should probably look into it once my encryption program finishes breaking into all of Shield's secure files.